right, hi everyone. It's so nice to see you all and to not be on kids or whatever, so it's lovely to actually, uh, yeah, chat to you guys. The, this is definitely not my comfortable space. Um, the evening service, no. I have shared there a few times actually, um, but I, I, there's a couple of things that I fear. Is it, can you not hear? There's a few, there's actually a lot that I fear, but flying is one of them. And I, this is the same kind of feeling I have when I'm hurtling down the runway. My, my palms get sweaty and my heart pounds and yeah. Anyway, but here I am, here I am. Um, I, I did actually, so I had originally offered to preach on the 10th, uh, to share today, and then um, I knew there were a whole lot of things happening this week. So I said to Mike, no, 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 I don't want to do it anymore. And then I just felt this week to offer on Wednesday only because Mike and Lynn have just had a really tough time with COVID and all sorts of things. And so I thought, let me just be brave and suck it up and do it. Um, but it has been a crazy week. My mom and dad arrived from South Africa on Sunday. We haven't seen each other in two and a half years. And so it was just so lovely. It's been a really special time of reconnecting, and um, so she's here today, which is great, um, and my dad's actually going to come to the evening service, which is really good. You all need to pray for him, because yes, we're hoping he gets saved very soon. Um, okay, I'm going to just dive straight in. All right, so uh, I just want to also say this is quite short, and it's quite simple. I'm, I'm very used to sharing to teens and young adults in the evening, so it's a simple message, um, but you know, life is full of decisions. You know, we make them every single day. What will I wear? What will I eat? Um, you know, big one in our house is what should we watch on TV? You know, what series are we watching? That's always the topic of discussion. Um, will I go to church? You know, many of you had to make that decision this morning. And then every now and then we have to make these big, crucial decision, decisions. You know, who will I marry? Should I buy a house? Um, should I change jobs? Things like that, you know. Um, some decisions are simple and some are life-changing, you know. Uh, for those of you that don't know, in 2015, Quint was offered a job to Australia and we made a massive life-changing decision to move here. Um, for me, you know, it's a decision that has probably changed the course of our life, you know. Uh, my kids will probably marry an Australian, Although maybe not, there's so many South Africans in this country. But you, you know, I'm just saying like it's changed a lot of things. And there's lots of negatives, you know. We don't have family here. Um, we gave up a beautiful, lots of beautiful friends. We didn't give them up, but you know what I mean. We said goodbye to beautiful friends and a church community there. But you know, we have all that here now. We have beautiful friends that have become family and a church community. And you know, living in, on the northern beaches is not bad, you know. So it's all good. It's all good. Uh, but today I want to look at a story um, where some pretty crucial decisions were made. We're going to look. Uh, we're going to be looking in the book of Matthew today. Um, it is Friday on this particular day. It's Friday, and Jesus is standing before Pilate on trial. And now I'm sure all of you know how we got there, but just if there's anybody that isn't sure how we got to Jesus being on trial, I thought I would give you a quick rundown. So on the Sunday before, which is known as Palm Sunday, so today, um, Jesus enters Jerusalem on a donkey, fulfills this prophecy, um, Okay, and uh, he, so the week before, and the crowd welcomes him, and they are waving palm leaves, and they're singing Hosanna uh, to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And then on Monday, 
Jesus, uh, we know he gets angry, goes into the temple, and he clears the temple. You know, he walks in, and uh, he, it's full of corrupt money changers. And he begins overturning tables and uh, clearing the temple. You know, and he says, the scriptures declare, my temple will be a house of prayer, but you have turned it into a den of thieves. And then on Tuesday... Jesus takes his disciples and they go up to the Mount of Olives and they sit and overlook the whole of Jerusalem. And here Jesus gives this prophecy about end times, you know, about the destruction of Jerusalem. Um, and he uses parables like he does and symbolic language. And then he includes things like the second coming and uh, the final judgment. And then on Wednesday, you know, we don't, the Bible doesn't say what he does on Wednesday, but I, I guess after three very hectic days, he probably rests, maybe. You know, maybe him and his disciples uh, have some downtime and they're in Bethany. And then on Thursday, this is where things go a little bit pear-shaped. Um, a lot happens on this day. Uh, after that evening, after sunset, uh, Jesus, they're preparing for part, the Passover feast, and Jesus is washing the feet of his disciples. And by performing this beautiful, beautiful, humble act, he gives us this perfect example of how believers should love one another. He shares the meaning of Passover by giving his body to be broken and his blood to be shed and sacrifice, freeing us from sin and death. So during that Last Supper, Jesus establishes communion. And then they chat about all sorts of things. Jesus says, you know, somebody's going to betray me, and Peter, who you love, you know, I love you, and you're going to deny me. And they talk about all these things. And then later that evening, they go into the Garden of Gethsemane, um, and that's where Jesus is ultimately betrayed by a kiss, you know, by by Judas, and Jesus is arrested. And that same night, the trial begins, and Peter denies knowing Jesus three times. And so that's where we're going to pick up our story. So where Jesus is arrested, he's been arrested for blasphemy, but that charge would have meant nothing uh, to the Romans. So they arrest him for things that would have concerned the Roman government, you know, like don't pay your taxes or causing a riot or claiming to be a king, you know. Of course, we know that these accusations were not true Uh, but religious leaders were determined um, to kill Jesus. And so they broke several commandments to do so. So we're going to read from Matthew 27, uh, verse 11. I'm going to read it to you as well, but it is behind me. So it says, Now Jesus was standing before Pilate, the Roman governor. Are you the king of Jews? The governor asked him. Jesus replied, You have said it. But when the leading priests and the elders made their accusations against him, Jesus remained silent. Don't you hear all these charges they're bringing against you, Pilate demanded. But Jesus made no response in any of the charges, much to the governor's surprise. Now it was the governor's custom each year during the Passover celebration to release one prisoner to the crowd, anyone they wanted. This year, there was a notorious prisoner, a man named Barabbas. As the crowd gathered before Pilate's house that morning, he asked them, which do you want me to release to you, Barabbas or Jesus? He knew that very well. Um, the relig- religious, ge- religious leaders had arrested Jesus out of envy. But then, as Pilate was sitting on the judgment seat, his wife sent him this message. Leave that innocent man alone. I've suffered through a terrible nightmare about him last night. And meanwhile, the leading priests and the elders persuaded the crowd to ask for Bar- Barabbas to be released and for Jesus to be put to death. 
So the governor asked him, which of these two do you want me to release to you? And the crowd shouted back, Barabbas. And Pilate responded, then what should I do with Jesus? Then what shall I do with Jesus? <laughs> yeah. And you know, it's a question that still rings out 2,000 years today. What shall I do with Jesus? And so I just wanted to have a look at a few different people over this, during this time and how they responded. Um, you know, sometimes it's a question that we often get faced with. Um, and, I, and so I wanted to just look at their, at their responses. And so firstly, we're going to look at Peter. You know, we know that um, Peter uh, was one of Jesus' closest friends. He was a disciple. He loved Jesus. You know, he was part of Jesus' inner circle. Um, and in Matthew 16, Jesus says to his disciples, you know, who do men say that I am? You know, who do you say that I am? And Peter responds and says, you are Christ. You are, son, you are the son of God. Peter knew who Jesus was. And Peter loved this man. He believed in him. And then in chapter 26, we read that during the Last Supper, Jesus says to his disciples that soon he would be arrested and they would, they would scatter and Peter's like, no, no matter what, no. But then we know what happens. Well, I'm sure lots of us know what happens. Later in the, in the verse, in uh, chapter 70, 72 and 74, Jesus, uh, uh, Peter denies Jesus, not once, not twice, but three times, you know. Three times he was asked, do you know that man? And he said, no, I don't know that man. You know, so what did Peter do with Jesus? This close friend of him, he denied him. He disassociated himself with Jesus. He was around all these lost people and he just acted like them. You know, I think many people fall into that same pattern today. You know, like Peter, in the presence of other Christians, we can take a stand for Jesus. You know, in church on a Sunday, we're strong Christians. And then by Monday morning, we're like, who's Jesus? Or Jesus who? Not everybody, I'm just saying, some people. They deny Christ with their lives, you know. They go into the world, they look like the world, they talk like the world, they act like the world. You know, I've been there. We leave them in church on a Sunday. And you know, nobody, I think this makes me so sad, nobody would have known that Peter had this amazing, close relationship with the God of the universe. So sad, you know. So what would you do with Jesus? Would you respond like Peter? And, you know, for those that don't know, you know, we know that Peter was restored. Um, you know, we read that as he denies him for the third time, Jesus' words ring out in his head. And can you imagine Peter in that moment? Like, oh, what have I done? What have I done? You know. Uh, but we know that later he went running to this empty tomb and later he saw Jesus on the shore and he jumps into the water and swims to him. You know, amazing that we can just be restored, you know. And then the second person I want to look at is Pilate. You know, in Matthew 27 verse 14, it's like Pilate almost marvels at Jesus, you know. He sees something in Jesus that he hasn't seen in another man before, you know. The Jews have told Pilate that Jesus claims to be the Son of God, and while the crowd is shouting, crucify him, crucify him, Pilate is arguing back with these people, you know, and saying, I don't find him guilty. You know, I, like, you guys crucify him. I don't find anything wrong with him, you know. And the Bible says that he was actually afraid. 
You know, in some ways, I wonder if Pilate did believe that Jesus was who he was saying who he was, you know, and then he literally washes his hands. Um, and then at the same time, he sees this crowd getting more and more loud, and um, he, he says to them all, um, he's, first of all, he says to Jesus, you know, I have the power, like, come on, tell me, I have the power to release you or to crucify you. And then as this riot's about to break up and Pilate has to make his choice to choose Jesus or to deny him, to make life a little bit easier, I guess. You know, he didn't want to have all this trouble. Pilate makes his choice. You know, it was Jesus or the world, and he went with the world. And I think many of us have been confronted by Jesus. You know, we've heard the gospel. We've felt the Holy Spirit tug on our hearts. We've seen the power of God change our lives. But lots of us, we see the world as well. You know, we see things that our sinful sinful hearts desire. I even recently had somebody say to me, you know, having Jesus in my life, oh my gosh, it would just cause too much trouble. You know, being a part of a church, I'd have to give up all this stuff. You know, no way. So will we be like pilots and go with the crowd? And then we look at the crowd. That's the third person I want to look at or the third group of people. You know, this crowd, this multitude. Would we be like them, you know? We know that there's this large crowd standing before Pilate and it's nasty and they're loud and they're getting frenzied and worked up. And so Pilate offers them this choice, you know. You can choose Barabbas, who's in prison, he's a murderer, uh, he's this bad, bad man, or they can choose Jesus, who just a week before, you know, they were worshiping and praising. You know, they'd seen him heal the sick and, um, uh, you know, heard him do miracles and had, like, have the sinless life, you know, there was their choice, good or evil, a man of God or a man of sin. And we know they chose Barabbas. They rejected Jesus. And I think even in society today, in the world we live in, you know, it's loud. To be a Christian is hard. We have this loud, loud voice and people are telling us all sorts of things and different opinions. And I know I have teenagers. It's hard to be a Christian in this day and age, you know. Um, I think for many people, a temporary life of sin is way more appealing than an eternal life with Jesus. You know, it's that mentality of, oh, come on, everybody's doing it. Let's just do it, you know. Live for the moment. My kids always say, YOLO. I, I don't know if anybody knows what it means, but it stands for you only live once, you know. So we need to guard ourselves from going with the crowd. You know, we need to choose Jesus every single time. And then the last person I want to look at is the thief. So we know that there was a th- two, th- two uh, criminals on crosses with, when Jesus was there, and we read about, him in, about them in Luke 23. Um, and so I'll just read it to you. I have to be like Lynn and put my glasses on. So it says, one of the criminals hanging beside him scoffed. So you're the Messiah, are you? Prove it by saving yourself. And us too while you're at it. But the other criminal protested. Don't you fear God even when you've been sentenced to die? We deserve to die for our crimes. But this man hasn't done anything wrong. And then he said to Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus replied, I assure you today you will be with me in paradise. You know, we see this dying sinner on a cross And he knows what he's done is bad. He knows that it's taken staring death in the eye, you know, and he knows that he's getting what he deserves, you know. But then we see Jesus 
he sees Jesus and he recognize him, recognizes him as Lord and he confesses with his mouth. He cries out to Jesus and Jesus hears him. You know, Jesus sees his faith despite everything else he's done. You know, and I'm sure many of us here today, or maybe all of us, I know a lot of you, I know a lot of your hearts, I know, you know, we know that Jesus is the Son of God. You know, we know that he died for us, for our sins, and we know that he loves us. We've cried out, we've confessed, you know, we know, we know the Lord. But I just wanted to ask you today, you know, just during this Easter uh, period, you know, what will you do with Jesus? You know, will you deny him like Christ? I'm sure you won't. Do you, will you choose the desires of the world like Pilate or follow the crowd? Or will you choose to believe and accept Jesus despite the things that some of us have done, you know? And I know, like I say, many of us in this room this morning love Jesus with all our hearts. And so, you know, yay, Lord. And you might not feel that this message is for you. But, you know, I was just saying to Quint this morning, you know, that even while preparing this message, there were things in each of these people that I could relate to. You know, I've never denied Jesus. I've never said that with my mouth, but definitely with my actions, there have been times when I've done that, you know. I've followed the crowd in many situations, and I, and I, I get convicted and feel yucky, you know. And actually, couldn't I have this little thing? Um, it's, it's a jokey thing, but it's actually quite serious. So, you know, if one of us lose our temper or we're in traffic and we get cross, I'll give you an example. The other day, I, I got frustrated with somebody on the phone, and I really was, like, annoyed. And then I put down the phone, and Quint just said, do you think they saw Jesus in you? And I was like, oh, okay, you know, but it's a good reminder, you know, like we, we are meant to be salt and light, right? But I know that I know that nothing can separate me from, from my heavenly father, you know. I think what amazes me is that dying criminal who had done all these terrible things had more faith than some of Jesus' disciples, you know. And we don't have to have it all together. We know this, guys. Um, but I was just thinking during worship, you know, like looking around the room, kind of going, oh, you know, we all love Jesus in this room, you know, but what if somebody asked you that question this Easter? What do I do with Jesus? You know, what will I do with Jesus? If somebody asked you, how would you respond? And so I would just love you to think about that this morning, you know, um, or if you are wrestling with that question, you know, what do I do with Jesus? I've actually asked Mike to come up uh, and just pray with us and, and to close. Um, so I would love you to just do that. I'd love you to come up, Mike, please. And, um, and yeah, just think about that. Either think if somebody asks you this Easter, you know, it's a big, this is a big deal in our calendar, you know. And so if somebody asks you, how will you respond to them, you know. Or if, if you feel like you need to have that answered in your own heart, I would love you to just pray with us this morning and, yeah. Amen? Yeah. That's great.